This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. You know what that sound is. Money on my mind. Back by popular demand. So we are about to drop some dollars. The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. That's the number. But we are about to spit digits. And I'm going to spit it to you in the form of an over. I said, hey, do I give it out to the people, Josh? And Josh said, if you don't, I'm going to put you in the headlock. (laughs) So, over in the Lions-Raiders game, we talked about it. We teased it a little bit earlier saying how we like fantasy on both sides. But I like the pace aspect for the reasons that Detroit in situations where they're up or down six points, so we t- we 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 play off situational pace, being neutral within three points, trailing by seven points, winning by seven points, or anything in between, plus or minus six points. So that gives you a gist of where teams play, how they play when they're ahead. Do teams slow down when they're ahead? How do teams play in the second half? How do you know that? For whatever reason, the Patriots are the fastest team in the second half, which doesn't seem, and that's the amount of plays, the amount of seconds per play in between them. So keeping that thought, you have Detroit, eighth in uh, plays ran. They rank 27 seconds per play in between them in plays ran within a six-point game. This spread is three. Yep. So check, that's going to run out that way. So then we talked about, these teams, as far as pass defense, both in the bottom 12 as far as yards allowed. We talked about passing touchdowns allowed, both in the bottom seven. So then you say, how's this game going to be played? Because on Johnson being out, you saw what the Lions' objective was on offense, was to throw more. Matt Stafford, about six more attempts that game. So look for the ball to get thrown more on a team, on a defense that we talk about explosive plays. You have 20-yard plays, then you have 40-yard plays. So what's the Oakland defense? The third most 20-plus-yard plays allowed, 35 this year. There's only – they're tied. There's only two teams, really, so they're tied for third. There's only two teams that allow more. That's the Cardinals and the Bengals. So then you say, well, what about the Lions? They're right behind them in fifth. So both of these teams are a team, a defenses that allow 20-yard gains. What did we talk about Matt Stafford earlier? That he's getting the ball downfield. Look for Matt Stafford to increase those attempts, which he did with minus carry on Johnson. Yep. Getting the ball downfield. Getting the game script to where, hey, Oakland, you got to throw the ball too. And then you look at the Lions defense, and that's what you can do specifically on them. Look for Waller to have a big game, Terrell Williams to have yep. a big game, Carr, sneaky, sneaky good because everyone's going to focus on Stafford and no one's going to think about Carr. And if Stafford is playing and he's moving the ball at the pace that I'm telling you, we're going to hit that over. We're going to hit Detroit over because I think Detroit needs at least 27, 30 points to win today. But I also think that the Raiders can get 23 to contribute to that to that over so give me the over there give me team total over on the lions 24 man i like that and darius slay's been banged up you're talking about Derek carr yeah he can probably have a nice game because the lions they're just not good and as far as stafford the raiders cannot rush the passer 
So Stafford, I think, is going to have a big game. He's going to have time to, to do what you're talking about and get the ball downfield. So I like both of those plays. I am also on Detroit plus three. I just feel like I feel like this game should be close, so give me the points. And, man, Stafford's been playing really well. I, th- I think the Lions come in here, and we talked about a DFS stack. You know, I, I think you could definitely do that with Stafford and some of these Lions receivers. So look for that today as well. All right, we teased this a little bit before we went to break, talking about some fantasy MVPs, some, some fantasy least valuable players. I guess I'll start with my fantasy MVP and that's got to be Lamar Jackson, Jerry. I mean, this is a guy that we pushed hard before the season. There's leagues where I got him in like the 10th or 11th round. Where does he go next year? Oh, man, he's going to be, I think, in that Deshaun Watson range that we saw this year, you know, somewhere yeah. around the third or fourth round. And that's like crazy that. because people yeah. are going to go out there and get him now because you're guaranteed rush yards. Yes, and they're so valuable in fantasy, especially four-point for passing touchdown leagues, those rushing yards just really save you. And he's throwing the ball better this year, too. So, I mean, just for that value, I mean, you know, points per game, I think he's like the number one quarterback. So to get him in the 10th or 11th round, I mean, that was a steal. And and we pushed that really hard. And the reason why is it's when you're going to take a chance on somebody, take a chance on a young guy with some upside. You know what I mean? Like that's where you really get ahead in fantasy football where, you know, another guy that's really come through for me this year is Tyler Lockett. You know, I could have taken a, you know, a Larry Fitzgerald or somebody like that in the middle rounds, but I'm like, no, give me a, give me a fast guy that has a quarterback that can throw minus Baldwin. Yes. Minus Baldwin. You know, that you know, he ran out of the slot, and you knew that had to be filled, and Lockett comes in, and, and he's having a really nice year. And for me, in some leagues, you get points for return yards, and, and Lockett does some of that. So Around where yeah. did you draft Lockett? I think I took him in the fourth or fifth round. Because he's about the ninth overall receiver, depending on your scoring, obviously, but... That is value. That's what you need. Four touchdowns. He gets in the end zone. He's got the trust of Russell Wilson. Now they got more options on that offense. Yeah. I like it. I do. And he's fast, Jerry. I mean, that gives you upside for, you know, explosive plays down the field. And we know what does Russell Wilson do a lot? A lot of times he he evades pressure in the pocket and he scrambles around, right? And Lockett's a really fast guy that and he's been there for a while with Russell. So they do have some chemistry and he can kind of see, oh, Russell's flush from the pocket. Let me just get away from my defender and find an open spot here. And Russell Wilson finds him all the time. How about one DJ Chark? Man, he's been fantastic. I he's in my big money league. I have him. I picked him up off of waivers. I mean, he wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. No, and he's such a big play guy. Yeah. He's going to become that. He's a Deshaun Jackson type ish. He can take it to the house. Now he is the sixth overall uh, points receiver, but. Six touchdowns. Is that something he can keep up? Because that's that's incredible. Six touchdowns already? He's big. He's fast. Yeah. And that's where, in fantasy, that's where when you take a, a deep shot on a guy, like late in your draft where you're just throwing a dart, you know, target those guys that ran 4-3 at the combine and have good size. Because you'd rather gamble on a guy like that than, you know, a guy like Mohamed Sanu late in your draft. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, he's just... If he comes through, he's just going to be a borderline starter for you. Whereas if you gamble on these guys with upside and speed and size, they might end up being a number one receiver. Something interesting. There's only six wide receivers with six, or I'm sorry, five wide receivers with six touchdowns. That's Thielen, Galladay, Godwin, Evans, Chark. 
Out of those, Godwin leads the way with 47 receptions. So for PPR, I'm doing this for PPR terms. Yeah. You know that that's a little bit more. But Chark is second out of that list. Thielen, which is at the top, he does it on 27 receptions. Man. And you mentioned Godwin. Like, he could be a fantasy MVP this year, too. And we knew that coming in. Yeah. It just It just – Sucks because the the world we live in now, the sleeper tag has been taken off of people. But he was a sleeper. Just people were on him so hard that he became that you had to go out there and get him. And going into next year, and I I never thought I'd be saying this this early, but who do you draft first out of those two receivers now? Because before it was Mike Evans for sure. You would paint Mike. Right. But do you take Mike Evans now before Godwin? I'm no. not so sure of that. No, I, I think you take Godwin, which is which is crazy because Mike Evans is still really good for fantasy. But, I mean, this isn't surprising. We knew Bruce Arians likes to throw the ball downfield. We knew what he had with Larry Fitzgerald when he was in Arizona. And Godwin's kind of the, the Larry Fitzgerald of this offense. So, I mean, all this is why all these fantasy guys saw this coming with Godwin, and, and it, it played out. It worked. Um, on the other side of the coin, let me give you a fantasy least valuable player. How about Joe Mixon, man? He has been a disaster this year. He needs to get punched. Yes, and I, I was talking with a friend who, who has Mixon in one of his leagues, and I'm, I'm done with anybody on the Bengals. You know, A.J. Green, he still hasn't played. How many people took a gamble on him in the fourth, fifth round hoping he could win you your fantasy league? You calling me out? Because I did. <laughs> I took him in a league too, Jerry. I'm calling myself out. And you know what I did? I traded him in one league for Melvin Gordon. And I know Gordon hasn't he hasn't been great, but at least he's been usable. But every time you open up your roster, you get that, you get that uh, yeah, you're coming back. <laughs> every time you see Green and you're like, yeah, I'm a, you're gonna be back, and every now it's getting to a point where I'm looking and it's making me angry. Yeah, but but those first three or four weeks, I'm like, man, as soon as you come back, I'm plugging you in here, and we're good. But what about now? Like Andy Dalton's been benched. If he comes back, are they even gonna with use hair him? like that? How do you bench him? <laughs> I don't know, but that just tells you that the Bengals—they are a disaster. And I, I want to say this again: I am never drafting a Bengal again as long as their ownership is there and. The, why would you? What What do they ever give you? Yeah, Tyler Boyd's decent every now and then, but I'm just avoiding the Bengals. And, and that's the point is with A.J. Green, he's killed people in fantasy leagues because he kind of shuts it down at the end of the year because they're never in the playoffs. Why am I going to push through a game where I'm kind of injured when the game is meaningless? And that's going to continue to be the case with the Bengals. I mean, when you're benching Andy Dalton, and he hasn't been that bad this year, but their offensive line is terrible. Now let's talk about the tight end position, and this is where I want to give my award collectively. Hooper, Waller, Kelsey, Kittle, Ingram, Andrews, Fells, Disley. That's the name of the top 10 scoring tight ends. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> what is going on here in a world where people overdrafted tight ends? People yes. were taking, I mean, Ertz was going real high. Yeah. But we also had... People like Evan Ingram circled, though, because he was going a little bit later and you knew that the Giants were going to need weapons. Right. But that goes to show you don't overdraft tight ends. This is crazy. Austin Hooper, 139 points. That He's 28 over second place. And second place is Darren Waller. Yeah. These are two guys that probably could have got started the year pretty much on the waiver wire. No doubt. So keep in mind now, Kelsey, yeah, he was drafted high and he's up there, but Kittle, third and fourth. But after that, the, Mark Andrews, Darren Fells, Will Disley, 
Gerald uh, Gerald Everett. Times are changing. They're definitely changing. That that just shows you. But you see why people were tempted to take these tight ends early because the options are so awful after the first few guys that every week you're just gambling that the guy's going to catch a touchdown. You're just hoping for six or seven points out of a lot of these guys. If you had to give the crown to one guy right now and if you had to redo your whole draft and you said, if I had the number one pick, this is the guy I would get. Who holds the crown? It's got to be either Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey, right? Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey for me as well. Yeah. Next year, he's hands down the number one, right? Draft, especially in PPR. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. I mean, he's been amazing. And their offensive line isn't that great. And he's still managed to put up those numbers. And with a backup quarterback. And then as far as quarterbacks, who's your MVP before we get to uh, out of this segment? I mean, I, I'm going with Lamar Jackson, man. He's, he's incredible. I have to go with Lamar Jackson as well. I mean, he's just been unstoppable this year, fantasy-wise. I got to go with, remember, I put my name on it all offseason, and I kept telling you Deshaun Watson was going to be the number one yeah. scoring quarterback. And I know Mahomes, he's, he's got a game less now, or maybe now going to be two. Deshaun Watson is going to be the overall number one scoring quarterback. That's just what I believe. Is we thought about the way that it would play out to uh, the 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 hard, the tough schedule, and that making him have to throw more. We know his splits in games when they're behind. Deshaun Watson, where does he go next year? Because oh yeah, I think he maybe goes second or third round. And how about like come back to fantasy greatness player of the year, Aaron Rodgers? Man, like wow, we forgot about Aaron. He's showing you now that hey. Get me a a coach that doesn't suck, and I can put up some big numbers. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming up that game, a few props, and who's the leading MVP candidate in Vegas now. Moneyline ESP 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Without further ado, Gal Media's injury expert, Andrew Carlson. What's up, guys? So we're starting off over in Carolina. Cam Newton, obviously we've talked about him earlier. He is still out with that foot injury, and like you guys talked about, it doesn't really seem to be getting all that better. So feel free to put him on your waiver wire if you haven't already because he's not coming back anytime soon in the foreseeable future. On the bright side for them, Curtis Samuel is active um, despite a shoulder injury. So he's going to get a couple of looks, but Jerry's right, and DJ Moore should still get plenty of option and plenty of opportunities on the offensive end. For the Colts, T.Y. Hilton is out with a calf injury. Expect him to be out for at least three to four weeks. So that means Zach Paschal, Chester Rogers, they're going to have to step up a little bit. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, we talked about him. He's going to be inactive with the knee injury. Just the Chiefs are doing the smart thing here, guys. They're giving him an, another couple of weeks to get that knee 100% right before he gets back out on the field. Adam Thielen for the, for the Minnesota Vikings, he is active despite the hamstring injury. But like I said, it is a hamstring injury, so you have to be careful with those, obviously. You never really know where it's going to take you. So he may not play the full 60 minutes. He may not see his full number of snaps, but he is going to be out on the field. 
for the Jets, Demarius Thomas is active despite a hamstring injury, as is wide receiver Braxton Berrios and tight end Chris Herndon. For the Philadelphia Eagles, we talked about Deshaun Jackson earlier. He's going to be active for the first time in a long time. He's given it a shot despite the abdomen injury. Uh, For the Pittsburgh Steelers, James Conner is inactive with the shoulder injury. So like we said, Jalen Samuels, he's going to get all of the carries this week. For the Tennessee Titans, Delaney Walker is out with an ankle injury. So that means Jonu Smith is going to get the snaps at the tight end position for the Titans. Over in Washington, Case Keenum is out with a concussion. Dwayne Haskins is making his first career start. Chris Thompson, the running back for the Redskins, he's out as well. So Adrian Peterson, he's going to get all those carries. And Vernon Davis remains out with a concussion. So that means Jeremy Sprinkle is again going to get the call for the Redskins at tight end. Wow. Man, there's a lot of them this week. I hate to hear that on Hilton. It seems like my my team lives injured, man. My my uh, yearlies, I just I can't dodge a, a bullet. Every time that something comes up, I already know I feel injured. I get injured looking at my my roster. But uh, <laughs> I guess let's jump into some of these questions off the text line. First up, Stardom Sidem need three PPR. If you're listening out there, make sure that you tell us PPR or standard scoring. Three of these guys, Josh, David Montgomery, Jalen Samuels, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, James White. I'm going to go with Mack, Samuels, and Williams. I'm going Samuels, Mack, Montgomery. Next up, Stardom Sidham, and we're just going to pick the top three out of these. He wanted the bottom three, but we, we there's too many names here to even get to that. Ja, Williams, Jamal Williams again, Samuels again, David Montgomery. J- oh, it's... He just, same question, but he added LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, still Mac, uh, Samuels, and Jamal Williams. Yeah, McCoy doesn't do any difference to me. So basically, yeah, it's pretty much the same guys, and he added McCoy here. So, yeah, same to me. Um, I wouldn't deviate off of that. I actually got some Jalen Samuels uh, props that I'm going to get to because he's averaged 108 scrimmage yards in his starts, and I think that he can get a little bit of that. I do, too. He's a good football player. I mean, we, we saw him last year when he had to fill in, and he came through. How about Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Whew, I I'd probably roll the dice on Lamar Jackson despite the really tough matchup. But but I get it. I mean, Josh Allen's got a really nice matchup. So, But it's hard to bench maybe the best player in fantasy football. Now, in one league, I do have Stafford and Lamar Jackson, and I'm going with Stafford. It just – that Bill Belichick effect, man, he's so good on rookie, you know, rookie quarterback. So if you do go with Lamar Jackson, maybe lower your expectations for him a little bit. I would not blame anybody for starting – you know Josh Allen over him just because the matchup's better. We got a lot to get into that game because that's the marquee game of the week. Yeah. Right? Ravens Patriots. Look ahead line was six and a half at one point. Then when it opened up after last week's games, three and a half, four and a half, somewhere. Now it's gotten all the way down to three. The Brady Bilicek era. No team has been more profitable against the spread than the Patriots. So going up to the board. And you look and you see Patriots minus three. You finally, how many opportunities do you ever get the Patriots and just to basically please just just win to cover? It's tough to get those minus three. So yeah, if you wanted the Patriots, this is your opportunity to do so. Keeping that frame of thought though, the Sharps have done everything opposite of that. They've been hammering whenever it was at three and a half and everything else. The Ravens. That's what's brought it down to three. What are your initial thoughts? Because there's so much to this game. There is. And we talked about this a little before the show. It's 
it's not a great fantasy football game, but it's a great football game. You know what I mean? Like, what, what's troubling for me is even a guy like Julian Edelman, I'm kind of afraid to use because Ravens all of a sudden, they have three legit corners, you know, with Marcus Peters and, and Humphrey. And, man, I think Jimmy Smith is coming yeah, back. Yeah, he's coming and, back. You, you know I mean? So you Earl Thomas back yeah. there. They got a lot of defensive backs. So you worry that. It, they're off, and Brady's been banged up. His offensive line's banged up. You know, I think it's a shoulder, but Brady did return to practice. But you have to worry a little bit that, and that offensive line's terrible. I mean, it's really bad. So you wonder they're going to have trouble scoring. I think you know Josh Gordon's gone. You know, maybe maybe Dorsett gets open. You know, on a deep ball. But to your point, they can probably just single him up and to kind of take him out of the game. On the Ravens' side, maybe it's a Mark Andrews game because you know Gilmore is is basically going to take out Hollywood Brown. I'm not worried about him. And, God, the Patriots' defense has been amazing. We did fantasy MVPs last segment. The Patriots' defense could be a fantasy MVP this year. They've been incredible. Now, let the theory drive you to your bet. So keeping that theory and you're saying that New England, they got injuries all over the place, right? They got a lackluster offense for what we're accustomed to seeing from them. This is arguably one of the worst offenses that Brady's had. James White's a little banged up too. So what is their path to victory here? Moving the ball slowly, methodically. They don't, I don't think that they have any receivers on the outside. If you look at Edelman and Sanu, they're inside type receivers. Yeah. That's going to work against them because it allows Earl Thomas to cheat. He's not going to have to play that outside, that deep ball threat. Now, don't get me wrong. They have Dorsett. They have a few guys that can do it. But for the most part, he's going to be able to cheat inside. And when you have guys that you trust to cover one-on-one, Edelman's going to get covered one-on-one. You, you you got Peters on the other side that can hold the deep ball. You have pieces on that Ravens defense to, to lead you to believe that the Patriots are going to struggle on offense to move the ball. Something that people don't know, the the Patriots averaged 3.2 yards per carry this season. You know where that ranks? Dead last. Only Michelle has struggled. The New England Patriots are dead last in yards per carry. Think about that. So now you're going to say, so, okay, let's throw it. So how are you going to throw it when those receivers are going to have a tough time beating those defensive backs deep? So, yeah, yeah beat them inside three, four-yard games. That's cool. On the other side, what is Belichick's ingredients to beating Lamar Jackson or the Ravens, taking away their number one option, right? What does he do? He's going to take away your number, what you do best. So let's say that that is taking away Lamar Jackson's or limiting Lamar Jackson's running ability with a spy, however he chooses to do it, because you say, man, you don't really want to spy him with a, a slow linebacker, but... The ability of New England to be able to play single man coverage because of Gilmore. And you think uh, Hollywood Brown's going to beat Gilmore off the line? Never. So the ability of the defensive backs in New England to play one on one is going to give the ability of them to be able to cheat and put different types of spies on Lamar Jackson, again, leading to an under. Now, I told Josh before the show started that the sharp play here has to be the under, but how many people actually have have it in them to go and press that under because it's hard to go up against uh, a Brady and Lamar. You want to see points on a primetime game. But everything here leads you to believe 
that there's going to be an under. Lamar Jackson, he's going to get his runs in, but there's going to be moments where he's going to try to do too much and he's going to get sacked. Or turn the ball over. And that's what scares me with the under because it's such a low number that eventually I think he is going to turn the ball over. They're going to make him see ghosts. Yes. They're going to make him see things. And one They're going to make him throw, Jerry. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna say beat us downfield because and beat us one on one with guys that we trust, and that's gonna be tough against that defense. That I'm hearing that it's Billichek's son that's got a lot to do with it, yeah. which is insane. They're saying that, that that he's the one that's building the trust with all the players, and he's got a lot to do with it. I need to see how this game is gonna be consistently moved on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's gonna be a lot of field position. I think there's gonna be a lot of laying up for field goals and getting their points. Man, the under screams here. And it's been going down. It opened at 46.5. It's down to 44.5. As far as the side, think about this on break. There's certain stats in, in football that we're getting played out, like Andy Reid off of bye, or, or Jim Harbaugh in college uh, playing against ranked teams, or Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. But if you really think about it, he's – really good against one and two year quarterbacks because by that second year it only makes sense there's tape on them whether he played them or whether or whether there's tape on them check this out first or second year quarterbacks bill check has beat 21 straight times he's won against first or second year quarterbacks 21 straight wins today you get the patriots at minus three are you about that business I'm kind of leaning that way because I've been waiting for it to get down to three all week, Jerry, because it, it wasn't down at three. I, I was like, I don't know about four. And this game's in Baltimore. So it is a road game for the Patriots. It's insane. It's insane. And we're going to get to more of it. We're going to get to more games. We got 30 minutes left and we got more winners. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You see them foes crawling, you see them screens falling, the disco ball in my mouth and seeing your waist, I'm bowling. I'm leaning on the switch, sitting crooked in my This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Josh, it's a shame that the show's almost over, but we got two more segments. So the lines are open, 713-780-3776. We've got plenty of winners, two segments to go. Lines are open at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. Shoot over all your starter cinema questions. All your gambling needs will be filled here because there's only one spot to do that at. There is, and it's at my bookie. And if you were listening to the show a little earlier, you know what Jerry likes this week. And I'll say it again because you want people to know about this play, right? You want them to go over to my Give bookie. Give it to them. Jerry likes the over in the Detroit-Oakland game. And he also, you like the team total for the Lions on over as well, right? Yeah, I think there's points here. So what you want to do is is pull out your phone, go over to my bookie right now. They have odds on every game, more prop bets than any other sports book, and nobody pays you out faster. That's the point, right? If you win your bet, Jerry gives you a bookie buster and you win, you want your money. That's the whole point. 
they don't mess with you over at MyBookie. If you win, you get paid. They have you know parlays, in-game live betting, anything you want. Go to MyBookie and don't play at some no-name sports book. It's MyBookie.ag. And if you sign up today, guys, we've been harping on this. They will match your deposit. So you put in a thousand bucks, they will match it with a thousand bucks. Maybe you're betting at another sports book. We don't advise it, but maybe you are. Maybe your account's not going so good over there. Maybe start a my bookie account, put in a hundred bucks, and my bookie's gonna match that hundred bucks, and then you've got twice the money to bet on today's games. So go to my bookie. That's where you want to do it. Use Jerry's bet. He likes that over and I think it's a great bet, too. I, we think there's going to be a lot of points in this Lions-Oakland game. So get over to mybookie.ag. And to get that promo code, it's radio. That's how you de- they double your deposit. So get over there, mybookie.ag, promo code radio. You bet, you win, you get paid at mybookie. That was a lot of maybes. And the most important maybe, maybe you win and not get paid. Yeah. And that's the most that's the worst position to be in because you go up there and you're celebrating, you win, uh, and then it's time to get paid, and you never do get paid, and that's something that you don't have to worry about in my bookie. No. And I've heard some bad stories about people betting at other sports books and waiting months and months for checks that never come. You don't want to mess with that. Go to my bookie. They'll take care of you. Yeah, and so let's take care of this Cowboy-Giants game because that's a big one. This is a big one, and Let's see. I, you know, Amari Cooper. I have him as I think a top three receiver this week. I think he's going to go off. I know a lot of people will be on him, but I think he has a nice game. What do you think? I do think that as well. Now, something that's interesting: the Cowboys. How good have they been off of buys? Their last fourteen games after a buy, ten and four against the spread. Pretty good. So it kind of lets you know that this team gets well prepared. They 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 use that week well coming in. So what is this Cowboys team in particular? Because, okay, 14 buys, that goes back a, a quite a few years, right? Before this coaching staff some. Yeah. So let's talk about the Cowboys in their last seven games within division. 7-0 and straight up and against the spread within division. Man. <laughs> yeah. Cowboys 7-0 and straight up and against the spread in the last seven games in this division. That's incredible, and what's interesting to me is this: it's come down. This number opened at Dallas favored by nine. It's down to six. It's within a touchdown now. So I, I think they'll probably cover that, don't you? I mean, if they win by a touchdown, you cash money. Well, news broke out that Shepard won't be playing. Yeah, that's check. That helps you for the Cowboys. Now, where does this go as far as the total? Because one thing that we know is the total's gone under in 10 of the Giants' last 14 games played at night. The, the under in five of the Cowboys' last seven in this particular series. Average combined score, 39 points. Man, and this one, uh, the number's at 48 and a half as we sit right now on that total. So, so what, are you leaning under and leaning Cowboys? You said 48 and a half at about a seven and a half. So they're predicting somewhere around that 27, 28 to 21, 20, somewhere around that range, uh, depending on where it ends. So if you think that the Giants can help you with 20 points, 21 points to get there, or do you think that the Cowboys can overexceed expectations of 28 to get in the 30s? That's where the question lies. No doubt about it. And what's interesting, like Evan Ingram has not really been doing his thing lately. Other than messing up my fantasy teams. (laughs) He's been really good at that. So you got to think it's going to be, like you said, Shepard's out. Probably going to be a Saquon Barkley type of game, right? And Cowboys can play against the run. They they give up the pass. I think, and 
Actually, we do have a bet here. Last time these guys played, we were all over Barkley receptions because we figured that he was going to get the ball. The Cowboys allow that. Let's go ahead and fire up on my bookie, Barkley receptions over. I like it. I like it. They're going to have to use him, and that's who they want to use. That's who they want to lean on with the young quarterback. You rely on your super talented running back. Now, this game we haven't talked about enough, I don't think, and I think it's going to be one of the best games of the week just because I think we're going to see a lot of points. What do you think about this Packers-Chargers game? Like, this one should be it should be a fun game to watch, right? Big Philly style going against Aaron Rodgers. The game's in L.A., so not much of a home field advantage for the Chargers in that stadium. We'll probably see a lot of Packers fans in there if I had to guess. This one's interesting. Green Bay's favored by four points, so they, they get over that three number that we all talk about. What do you think? Aaron Rodgers, keep it going. I, I expect Devontae Adams to be back this week. I'm glad you started it off like that because that's where the whole handicap lies in home field advantage and something that doesn't exist because it doesn't exist for the Chargers. And we saw that in that Steelers game. It was pro Steelers. And when you talk about teams that travel like the Steelers fans, you better be sure that the Packers fans travel. And when you start thinking about, you got to think about the game inside the game. How much do they want to travel to a place like L.A.? Coming from, it's about to be wintertime over there for the Green Bay fans. And yeah. So what more when you're planning your your games and you're saying, man, that would be nice weather to go. You better be sure that there's going to be a lot of Packer fans in there. So using that theory, where does where does this line, where should this line be? Because if they're given still the standard three points for home field advantage, then what this what should this line be? What would these teams be on a neutral field? Because on a neutral field, I believe that the Packers are significantly better. And if you tell me that in Lambeau, I think that you know they're eight nine points better than yeah. that team the way they're playing right now. So keeping that where. Is this line wrong? Because a lot of people are hammering the char- hammering the Chargers, and that's it scares me. Like, and yeah. I'm talking about big betters. Um, I'm actually on the opposite side. I think Green Bay is. Uh, you don't want to get in front of them right now me when too. they're rolling. Yeah, the, I'm with you, Jerry. I'm, I'm. I mean, they fired Wisenhunt. I guess we should talk about that with the Chargers. So, you know, that's their offensive coordinator. So we'll see if they, they shake things up a little bit today. Does that mean that? You know, maybe Eckler gets a little more involved because we saw his touches dip significantly last year. We're about week. to find out a lot about the Chargers today, why that firing happened, what they really wanted, the whoever the, the, the people up top, why they didn't want him no more. Was he was it because he was holding back Eckler? Was it because they were trying to switch what did Rivers have anything that did Rivers maybe go whisper something right. in someone's ear saying, Hey, what are we doing here? We're forcing the ball to Melvin Gordon. It's costing us. Games. And Eckler's the guy. Yeah. And when they're in hurry up, they go right down the field with Eckler. They split him out wide. They treat him like a receiver. I mean, he's a, a special player. But it just makes you wonder, like, their offensive line, they have so many injuries, Jerry. And you that's know? what we'll never get a real picture of who the Chargers are because this isn't who they are. They've been, they came into the year injured and it's been slowly dumb. Russell Kong comes in and he gets injured real quick, and now they're saying he's going to be playing at seventy percent, and, yeah. and it's, it's thinking, "Wow, this team cannot catch a break." They can, and it seems to happen to them every year. You know, they, and that's what's tough about this one to me. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, but it just feels like who's going to bet against Aaron Rodgers right now, and especially if Devontae Adams is back. Look what he's been doing without him, and at that same point, keep in mind. Uh, maybe Aaron Jones isn't as 
involved in the passing game as much going forward if Devontae Adams is back. I could see his targets go down. One thing that I was able to dig up, LaFleur, whenever he was with the Titans, he played against that defense. He was able to run out eight. Uh, he, the game plan, eight catches to his running backs that day for 80, 87 yards, I believe. So really? look for Aaron Jones. So maybe. you think So you think he keeps it going? Just and Not, not necessarily for, uh, consistently, but maybe LaFleur, that's the way he's going to attack it. And that's just something I had looked up of recency, and I saw that. And I, that's, that's interesting. Well, something interesting, though, right here. Let's see what Todd has. He's got to start him sending a question. Let's go to the HRMP listener line. Todd, you're on Monday line. Hey, guys, absolutely love the show. You're doing a great job on Sunday morning. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Hey, uh, quick starters, set him, uh, either in the flex, Julian Edelman or uh, DK Metcalf for Seattle. I'll let you have at it. Man, what do you think, Jerry? We know one matchup's really good, one matchup's really bad. Which way are you leaning here? We talked about Tampa. They're allowing the ninth most, most explosive plays, and something interesting that I found is Tampa allows most of their yards to the left side receiver. Mm-hmm. That's where DK Metcalf lines up 99.9% of the time on the left side. That's where they most get taken advantage of. Look for him to run rampage. And by, by no means, did he say PPR? That's that's the thing because I, I, I don't think he said. If it's PPR, I think Edelman will be okay. I think he'll get a lot of catches today. Just small ones. Right. Now, if it's not PPR, expect Metcalf to blow one open big today. It's either yeah. going to Metcalf or Lockett. Either, either one, maybe both go off. I agree. But I'm telling you right now that Metcalf on that left-hand side, that's where you can attack them. I saw some stats, and I was I, it blew my mind to think that Metcalf is going that cheap in DK and on DraftKings, yeah. and he's going to be under own. Look for DK Metcalf to go off. Tampa allows 50 yards per game in, on deep passes. Of, that's passes of 20-plus yards just on the left-hand side. And that's what he's good at. He's good at getting deep. He's very good at yeah, football. No doubt about it, man. <laughs> and, uh, and weightlifting, apparently. <laughs> You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Last segment, only a few minutes left, so let's get right over to the HRMP listener line. AJ, you're live on Moneyline. What's going on? Hi, good morning, fellas. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, what can we do for you, my man? Good morning. Uh, PPR, two out of the three. Uh, Devontae Adams, Michael Gallup, or Tyrell Williams? I'm going to hang up and listen. Appreciate it, fellas. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go Adams and Gallup, but, you know, make sure Adams is is active. It's a a 3 o'clock start, and he's questionable. And this should be a bounce-back spot for Gallup, but I like Williams for whatever reason. Remember, I'm stacking everything in that game. I like and, him, too. Yeah, and I just think that the 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 Raiders are going to be playing from behind quite a bit, and I think Williams is going to go off. If I was looking at he he gets in the end zone. He does. And 
it looks like he's come through that foot issue. Looks like he's you know back to being himself again. So I like him this week. All three of your options are good. Yeah. So and you you heard about Adams jumping over things in video. Yeah, I mean, there's literally a video of him leapfrogging a guy, and I mean, it looked like a decent sized man. You know, like he got some air, and I was, and then he came down kind of kind of awkward, but he didn't act like it it hurt him at all. Yeah, but I was just like, is that smart? If you're coming back from turf toe and you're just jogging around for practice and then you just go leapfrog a guy out of nowhere, like I own him in one of my high my high stakes leagues and it concerned me, but it also gave me confidence. Like, man, if he's just screwing around and he feels that good, I think he's going to play. Look for him to leap into the Chargers end zone. I like the Packers. I do too. I think you know. As soon as we get off the air, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to my bookie and I'm gonna get in on this Packers game. I I just I think he's gonna play. I think they're gonna win. And the difference with the Packers this year, Jerry, is their defense is actually pretty good. You know, they're not great against the run, so that's why I think Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler can do some damage today. I think Hunter Henry can put up some points today too. But just overall, the Packers are better on defense now. We talked. We talked about the Patriots and how that sharp side might be the under, mm-hmm. but it's just tough. It's scary to play, right? Yeah. The Patriots are six and twenty-one since two thousand sixteen as a road favorite to the under. So twenty-one unders, six overs. That's a big sample size, and it's going to tell you as a road favorite, the numbers usually right. The, the the lines get it right, and the Patriots play to suit. They get the lead, and they're usually uh, able to run the clock out and and play to their advantage, however it goes. But can they do that to this specific Baltimore team? Like I told you, I've been fighting this one all week. I've I've been on my bookie just ready to push the button, but I've been kind of second-guessing myself with this one because – Let's face it, overall, you talked about this, right? Like, people have bought houses off of just continuing to bet the Patriots, right? And it seems so simplistic because (laughs) they're the best team. Yes. But every time you go up on the board, whatever reason, whatever reasoning throughout the week comes to your head that you're going to go against Tom Brady and. I get scared. I get flashbacks of last year, that Kansas City game, whenever I emptied out accounts to, with the Chiefs, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I asked myself after that, why did I do that? And going into the Super Bowl, everything told me to take the Rams, and I said, I'm not ever going to bend against Brady. I'm blind betting Brady, and we know that worked. So It did. What makes you believe that today is going to stop the streak of 21 straight games of Bill Belichick beating first or second year quarterbacks? What makes you believe? Do you believe that happens today, Andrew? Does that streak come to an end? No, I've got money on the Patriots today. No. <laughs> and so you like the three? You feel pretty I, no, confident? I love the three. If I can get the Patriots at three, I'm taking that every day of the week. Yeah, and, and it's hard to argue with that. You no, know, and and again, the, how we broke it down. Once they say, okay, we'll spy. On Lamar, we'll play you one-on-one, beat beat us, beat us consistently. That's a tough task. You know, I think what worries me the most about this one, Jerry, it's just the, the Patriots' offense. That's what worries me here is, it's, you know, I, I just I think they're going to struggle to put up points. And, look, I could end up being wrong, but I just feel like, like the Ravens are getting better now that guys are getting healthy, that, you know, they make that trade. You know, they're getting – Ravens are getting better on defense, and – you know, I just worry if they take Edelman away in James, you know, with White being banged up too, you know, that's one of his biggest weapons. And Sony Michelle hasn't been very good. You talked about it earlier. The Patriots have not been able to run the football very well. But maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. You know how they've been scoring, Andrew. The Patriots have been scoring on defense. You know what I mean? Like 
if you own them in fantasy, you know that it, that are, they're like having a number one receiver on your fantasy team. Their defense yes. has more touchdowns than a few teams in the NFL. Yes. That's, that that's that's just crazy to me. Yeah. Now, the old Harbaugh teams that were that he would lead, they had Flacco or, or mm-hmm. a quarterback. You know, they could throw down the field. Right. Can Lamar get it down the field because the total has gone over three times out of the last three times in these heads up. 55 points on average between these two teams. <laughs> and you got the same coaches, you know, yeah. you got a lot of the same pieces except for Lamar Jackson. So you see a big dip. I mean, there's a 10 point difference of to the, what they've been averaging on score. There's a 10 point difference as far as the over under today. So that's why I said it's going to take a sharp side because the novice better, the public better. He's going to go to the board. And he's going to look at a stat like that. And he's going to say, wow, these guys are going to score. Then he's going to look at the Ravens this year. He's going to look and then he's not going to realize that that was a Jimmy Smith less team. A yep. team that was coming together, a team that didn't have uh, uh, what's the new acquisition? Marcus Peters. Yeah, a team that didn't have Marcus Peters. Uh, Earl Thomas hasn't been a hundred percent. They say so. Now that the that the the defense is coming together, is this the same defense that's been playing this season? I don't believe so. I think they're going to be slightly better. Oh yeah. So now everything that le- that you said you don't have no questions about the defense on New England you just have questions about their offense so everything that we've put together into this resume of stats and trends leads it's got a point to the under it has to Ooh, uh-oh. you know what that means Jerry put your hands up no it means <laughs> put your name on it and again we have success during this segment and we've been killing it so let's do it like this josh put your name on something for the people man i like i said i like the lions today plus three but man i i got a feeling that melvin gordon gets in the end zone today i just i got a feeling that the packers really bad on rush defense so i'm gonna put my name on i think melvin gordon scores i've got Derek carr and Tyrell Williams, stack those boys up. Jerry's been talking about it a lot this show. Yep. I've got them in my daily lineups this week because, look, they're a little bit cheaper. They allow you to spend value elsewhere. And I think you're going to get really good value for your money off Tyrell Williams and Derek Carr this week. Fire like them up. It. I like that one. I love it. And they'll be low-owned in the DFS world. As far as for me, I'm going to go with that guy, DK Metcalf. Yeah. DraftKings Metcalf is what we're <laughs> going to call him because he is going to lead your DraftKings to victory. DK Metcalf to break off one of those big runs, like I told you, down the left-hand side, yard after catch, however you want to do it. Just toss him the ball. He's getting in the end zone. And we are getting out of here because it's time for us to roll. We got to roll out. And we want to thank you for joining us, as you do every single Sunday, signing off for the squad. Renzo, Andrew Carlson, Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow Nose with a Z. Peace!